Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober, covering lifestyles in the world of real food. On this podcast, I like introducing new people and products, but also checking back on my favorites. Last year around this time, Dr. Nakisa Naruzi was on to talk about her company, Nourishality. Now she has a new brand, Love Maman Superfood. Nakisa also has a PhD in cell and molecular biology and a master's in biochemistry, and she currently teaches anatomy and physiology at Orange Coast College. Nakisa, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to have you on. We had you on pretty much the same time a year ago, and you had so much great information to share that we wanted to have you come back and tell us now about your new venture. Yeah, I'm very excited. (laughs) Me too. So your new venture is Love Maman Superfood. Tell us a little bit about it. So basically, I started Love Maman to tell my story better. Maman in Farsi means mama. So my brand's name tells my story of healing my children from their various ailments with the power of real food as medicine. And with the extensive science background that I have and my good culinary skills, I was able to create these delicious spreads and a mother's love is poured in every batch. I love that story and excellent name. It's so beautiful how you explain the meaning of it. And like your last product, this also uses sprouted seeds. So what made you decide to go into sprouted seeds specifically? Yeah, so I originally actually was doing sprouted nuts and seeds and making the energy balls, nutrition bars. And then I switched them to spreads because it was difficult to show people that products were quite different than other healthy super snacks. And the reason I use sprouted, because when you sprout the nuts and seeds, it increases the nutrient density of the food, and it also makes it much easier to digest. And people like myself with compromised guts really appreciate an easy-to-digest food. And also, before you sprout, you have to activate them, basically get rid of the anti-nutrients. So all of these primary procedures help with the digestion of this nutritious food. Yes, and we do have a lot of sprouted seed spreads on the market. But one thing that I love about yours, which I think is unique, I don't think anyone else has done this, is combining the sprouted seed spreads with ghee. How did you come up with that idea? (laughs) So ever since my family started GAPS diet in the year, I think it was 2015, for my breakfast, I have been eating these sprouted nuts and seeds and these sprouted nut butters. But then I was adding raw butter because I also followed Western A. Price dietary recommendations and I learned the nutritional value of raw butter. So I was making also these GAPS legal home-baked bread. So this was my breakfast. And then later when we were done with our GAPS diet and we switched to Western A. Price dietary recommendations, two years later, I continued the breakfast. Up to this day, we are Western A. Price dietary recommendations 
And up to this day, every single morning, that's my breakfast. And I, of course, add raw, unfiltered honey. So I just enjoy every morning this spread. <laughs> so then I decided to open it to everyone else. And you are right. There is no one out there in the market that sells what I sell. It's a nut butter, which is sprouted and stone ground with ghee, and it's sweetened with raw and filtered honey. Love it. And speaking of the ghee, do you see it as important when including ghee to use ghee made from grass-fed dairy? Absolutely. What is the most important thing actually is that you want it to be truly coming from pasture-raised cows that are happily grazing on grass. I really feel the mental health of these cows reduces their stress hormones that then is going to come to us if they're not truly grass-fed. And they are, for example, as opposed to these GMO grain-fed factory cows, you want to get the ghee from freely roaming animals that should be fed their natural type of diet and should be roaming outside where this natural environment should have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, no disagreement for me. I think most people that listen to the shows and know me, they know that I'm a big advocate of grass-fed dairy and grass-fed meat. Pretty much any ruminant should be grass-fed, but I think it's important that we bring that up to the listeners that know that it is specifically grass-fed ghee and not just any ghee, not just any butter or dairy. And I would have loved to add raw butter instead of ghee, but because of the population that I serve, the autistic population, some of them cannot tolerate butter because of the whey protein in there, because of the casein. So ghee, those proteins, those allergens are removed. So that's why I switched to ghee. But of course, through pasture-raised ghee, is also amazing. Ghee is just amazing on itself, and it's something which I didn't really know about before getting into the whole Weston A. Price and learning about traditional foods and grass-fed farming. Yeah. But yeah, it's so good. It has so many advantages because yeah. it does take out the hard-to-digest parts. And I also think it has a great taste. It has much richer taste than butter that ghee I could actually... Usually when I cook with ghee, yeah. I wanted to just scoop a little bit and eat it because it tastes so great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a strong brain food, especially for children who have compromised gut, compromised brain, because ghee helps with the digestion of the food and also is a brain food. I think it's also great for cooking things in. I think it works better than butter to cook things Mm -hmm. in. And I love to roast my vegetables when I do that. I have them cooked in ghee. Yeah, and because of high smoke points, yes, absolutely. Yes, so lots of advantages to ghee, which you've decided to include in your foods. And I love this. I think this is something that just is <laughs> phenomenal. I just, words can't speak how great this idea of a seed spread with ghee in it. And I know that now the full name of the product is Love Maman Superfood. So mm-hmm. let's get into now the discussion of superfoods. This is something which... Oh, at least 10 years ago, I've talked about the whole issue of superfoods of what exactly is a superfood. So let's start with what you define as a superfood. (laughs) Okay. So to me, a superfood, it has to be a food that is honest, real food and feeds your body at the cellular level. A real superfood is medicine. 
and can truly heal your body and can truly foster vitality, increase your longevity. That's a real superfood. And what are some specific foods that you would say are superfoods? Okay, so for example, goji berries can be considered a superfood, but sometimes they are calling it superfood when it's dried by sulfite, by chemicals. So a real goji berry superfood would be sun-dried, for example. So everything that is the minimal processed food and closest to the nature, I would call superfood. Do you think that most of the foods that are called superfoods typically can be, but the problem is that a lot of the times the way they're prepared makes them not superfoods? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I said honest real superfood, because as sad as it is, the term superfood is overused in the organic food industry and has become a marketing jargon. One of the reasons I started making my own spreads was because even the highly rated what's called superfood spreads in the market has so many additives, so many preservatives. They add, for example, natural flavors, which is as bad as artificial flavors. And children, autism spectrum disorder, they cannot tolerate these things. For example, they add vanillin, which is a synthetic form of vanilla, and they call it organic vanilla, but it's actually inflammatory food. And that's the problem. The other thing is a lot of these superfoods in the market, they add palm oil. And I'm a very eco-friendly person. And for me, that causes deforestation and in a biodiverse forest, we're going to get rid of all these palm trees. And also that's going to affect the health of our mother earth. If our mother earth is not healthy, how healthy her children would be, like us would be, right? Right. I like how you brought up about natural flavors, which contain MSG. Now, I know that there are some natural flavors which can be certified organic, but do even those contain MSG if it's certified organic? Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All natural flavor says is this starting material was from nature as opposed to from a chemical lab. So that's all it is. But then they can add anything they want to it, then they still call it natural flavor. We talked a little earlier about how you got into all of this for the health benefits, and you're talking about the GAPS diet. I know a lot of listeners on the show know what the GAPS diet is, but perhaps there's some first-time listeners getting into all this. Explain to them what the GAPS diet is. Yeah, GAPS diet is called gut and psychology syndrome. And this was developed by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And she was able to heal her own son with this diet. And it is a nutrient-dense diet. And a real superfood has to be nutrient-dense diet. And you start from very, very simple food, basically soup diet, to heal the gut. So the whole idea is like what Hippocrates said in 400 BC, the father of medicine, food is medicine and all diseases start in the gut. So what she was doing, she was starting healing the gut with real superfood, with nutrient-dense meat and nutrient-dense vegetables, and you make soup. And then there are stages to it. You start from stage one, which is only soup diet, and gradually you add, for example, egg yolks. Then if your body can tolerate it, you add egg whites. Then your body can tolerate it, you do fermented vegetables, and you move up And for example, you add 
flours, which is nut flours, not grains. It's a no-grain food, but as you go through the stages, there's five stages, as you tolerate the new food, you can go move up. If you don't, you have to stay in that. And for example, for us, we had to stay on stage one for three whole months. And that's all we had. We only had soup for three months. Actually, my fridge, my cupboard, everything, there was nothing except for the soup. So my kids had no choice but eating the soup, drinking the soup. Yeah. And all of your products are suitable for the GAPS diet at certain stages of it, right? Yeah. So all my products are suited for GAPS diet at full GAPS. I think you can even start from stage three on, yes, but for sure from full GAPS on. Because you have five stages and then it's full GAPS which is basically all of the five stages combined. And then we stayed on full gas diet for two years. But yes, it is starting from stage three, you can use our product. So Love Maman being gas diet friendly is certainly a big health advantage that your products have. Tell us about some of the other health benefits of it. Yeah, there is, <laughs> there is lots, of, <laughs> lots of health benefits. So basically, I call these spreads functional, purposeful spreads. Just because of the use of superfood, I wanted to distinguish that I'm not just another superfood spread, right? So I call them functional superfood spreads. And what I mean by that is every single ingredient has a health-promoting purpose, and it contains medicinal properties that support optimal cellular function. We accommodate various dietary restrictions, as I said, and our products are gut and brain friendly. They are nutrient dense with high satiety index. So every bite has more nutritional value than other superfood spreads that are available out there. And you see, every nutritious bite counts, especially for people who are delicate. For example, my father-in-law came from the hospital and my mother-in-law started feeding him this because every bite for him mattered at that point. And if you're health compromised, if you're on restriction diet, it's important that you go with nutrient-dense food. And because my food has high satiety value, it actually keeps you full longer. Your body feels well-fed and it doesn't need to be refueled. So it actually can be a great addition to a weight loss program. And when your body is nourished, it doesn't ask for more food. The reason you keep eating more, because you go for low-fat, empty calorie food. That's why you gain weight. That's what American people have a lot of weight issues, because we go for more empty calories, more than nutrient-dense food. And because of my biochemistry background, when I was formulating these spreads, I made sure to keep the ratio of fat and protein and carbohydrates as its optimal level. So then I avoid the sugar rush, sugar crush due to insulin hormone roller coaster. And that consequently, because of that, it causes brain fog, especially for children on the autism spectrum, that becomes very important. And children on restricted sugar diet, it becomes very important. And the focus, attention, and all that. I love how you explain all of this and how you market this. And I think functional, that's a great term, 
Is that in part a reference to the field of functional medicine? Yeah. And one thing you mentioned how I market this, I want to say one thing. I always say this, a well-paid marketing campaign can sell anything to anyone, but a compromised gut and brain cannot be lied to. No matter how strong the marketing campaign, I'm speaking from my experience. If I'm given something that is, and it happened to me and my children, that it was marketed to us as a superfood and I consumed it and my gut doesn't lie. So yes, it is very important to say it's functional purpose food spread, but a compromised gut will tell the truth. To all of us. It's true. There's a lot that's done with marketing to have us think that different foods are healthy and it gets into the fields of health watching, also marketing to think that certain foods are sustainable and good for the earth when a lot of times they're not. And we were talking about, I think a little earlier, the whole natural flavors yeah. and the term natural in general, that's probably the most mismarketed term. Misused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And so that's why we need to have terms such as yeah. organic yeah, and exactly nutrient-dense, grass-fed, functional. I think that's one which I would like to see more products use Mm -hmm. that term on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because by functional, what I mean is they have a function. Each ingredient is there for a reason. It has a purpose. Like I said, it becomes very important for delicate people that every nutrient, every ingredient has a purpose, has a nutritional value for these delicate people. You're also talking earlier about avoiding sugar rushes and something which I think to note about your products is that all of them use natural sweeteners such as honey. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, absolutely. Also, honey itself is adulterated, as you know very well. You want to use honey that is raw and it's unfiltrated and it has pollen in it because when it's raw and it's unfiltrated, it has higher nutritional value and also it has active enzymes. It helps with digestion and it doesn't give you the sugar rush, sugar crush that you see in the table sugar, for example, or agave syrup or all these other artificial sweeteners that is used out there. Yes, that's important to know about not just raw honey, but also unfiltered because some honeys even marketed as raw, they do sometimes go through a filtration process. Yeah, and sometimes they are actually heated, but they still can be called raw. So that it's also important to know your source. Yes. So along with the sprouted seeds, the grass-fed ghee, the raw filtered honey, what are some of the other ingredients that we can find in Love Maman Foods? Yeah, sure. So I have three different variations. One of them called almond ghee spread. This one is paleo and gaps legal. And besides the sprouted stone ground almond butter, I have pasture-raised ghee in it. I have natural non-alkalized cacao, which is also important to be non-alkalized because then it's richer in antioxidants like phenomenals and polyphenols compared to the alkalized ones. I have sun-dried, non-sulfurated goji berries. And I sweeten all of my products with raw and filtered honey. And it's important you know the source. I buy mine from Glory Bee because a percentage of the sales goes also to save the bees. It's important for me being an eco-friendly, eco-conscious person to make sure that I add value also 
to earth. And all of my packaging, all of my cleaning supplies, everything is eco-friendly because I'm trying to also minimize kitchen waste and also leave the planet in a better shape for all children. I have another product. It's called Pistachio Ghee Spread. Also Paleo, Gaps Legal, and Western A Price Foundation friendly. These besides sprouted and stone ground pistachio butter, they have pasture-raised ghee. And they have raw, non-irradiated cardamom. Also, you have to look for that one. And rosemary. And it's sweetened with raw, unfiltered honey. Then I have another product. It's called the Sunflower Cinnamon Spread. This one is my low-allergenic product, which I designed specifically for my autistic customers that cannot tolerate ghee. And some of these customers are also coming from vegan families. So this sunflower spread are, again, vegan, GAPS legal, and Western A. Price Foundation allowed. And besides the sprouted and stone ground sunflower seed butter, they have what is called golden milk. So they are anti-inflammatory because they have cinnamon, they have ginger, and they have turmeric. I add a little bit of black pepper just to help with the turmeric absorption. These are sweetened with 100% pure unadulterated maple syrup because a lot of maple syrup out there have agave syrup added to them. That's how they are able to sell them at much lower price. A lot of great points, and I want to go into a couple of them in details. First, I'd like to start with what you talked about earlier about the importance of avoiding irradiated food because that's something which is in a lot of foods, and I think a lot of people don't really know that's true. It's especially an issue with a lot of imported foods. Yeah. Exactly. You irradiate because you want to increase the shelf life. This is not for your benefit. This is for the market's benefit. Yes. And we see that with so many different things. I know, for instance, that's the whole thing of distilled vinegar was to extend the shelf life. And it seems often whenever it's to extend the shelf life, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't do anything to extend our life. Maybe the opposite. No, very true. Very true, yeah. And also, there are some foods that actually have a longer shelf life that are just what they are. Like we were talking about honey. The thing with honey is it never expires. So sometimes, actually, the best shelf mm-hmm. life is keeping the food as real as possible yeah. at the same time. I always tell my boys, if the bacteria don't want it, why would you want it? <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of fermented foods can actually last pretty long because they're naturally fermented. And that helps them live longer. Yeah. I love fermented food because they're not only probiotic, they're prebiotic in them. And a lot of people are rushing to pay these high prices for all these probiotics. They don't even think to feed these beneficial bacteria with some good prebiotics. My spreads, actually, they are prebiotics. They feed the good bacteria in your gut. And if you are taking probiotics, you better think about prebiotics. So fermented food is great because it has the food for these probiotics in it, in one place. Me too. I completely agree. And prebiotic, that's a newer term that we're hearing now. And I know I've talked a little about it, but why don't you, as you have the science background, explain to the listeners the difference between probiotic and prebiotic. Yeah. So basically, probiotic are these bacteria and these microbes that live in your gut. And these are beneficial bacteria. You have basically a balance of 
beneficial bacteria and pathogenic bacteria living in your gut. Now, you want to increase your beneficial bacteria to control the population of the pathogenic bacteria. And it's not only bacteria, it's microbes in general. You have yeast, you have viruses and all that. But just for the simplicity, we just call them bacteria. And then these bacteria need to be fed to increase in population. So, for example, sugar, white sugar, table sugar, feeds the pathogenic bacteria. A nutrient-dense food feeds the beneficial bacteria. So you want to go with nutrient-dense food so you keep your population of beneficial bacteria higher compared to the pathogenic bacteria so they can keep them in check. That's why prebiotics become very important in that aspect. So prebiotic helps us get more probiotics in our diet. You are absolutely right, yes. Prebiotic is the food for your probiotic. In all those capsules that you buy, you need to add some food for those bacteria. Excellent. So I think that's a great way to explain it. We've been talking about the use of sprouted seeds. And for people that listen to this show that read my blog, maybe they think that there are a lot of sprouted foods out there because I know I've certainly talked a lot about it. In fact, last week we had on a guest that made crackers out of sprouted seeds. But I would say that I think there's still a lot more room for growth in the market of sprouted foods, seeds, nuts, Mm -hmm. grains, legumes. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that, that there's Mm -hmm. more of a need really for products that are sprouted? Absolutely. There is a huge demand for the consumers for real superfood. A couple of years ago, I went to the Organic Expo West. This was the time that I just started selling my energy balls. There was almost none sprouted nuts and seeds. And this past year when I went, I was surprised to see a few already adopted this idea of sprouted food because unfortunately, the gut issues is on the huge rise and people with gut issues really appreciate sprouted nuts and seeds, sprouted beans, sprouted wheat and all that. And they see a huge difference with their gut issues when they consume non-sprouted, just a regular conventional nuts and seeds. And especially after this current pandemic, many people start to wake up and start to understand the value of real food as medicine and start to educate themselves and start to understand how a healthy, robust, well-fed immune system can protect an individual from infection. So a lot of people are starting to read and seeing the value of sprouting, especially hard-to-digest food. Because when you sprout these foods, these are like beans, nuts, seeds. These are difficult to digest, especially for compromised gut. So when you sprout them, you get rid of also the anti-nutrients, which also slows down the digestion of these food and also kind of like stops the absorption of these minerals like zinc and all these important minerals. So when you activate and sprout the food, you actually help with the digestion and help with having more nutrients in every bite. Toward the end of last year, I released an article on organic sprouted nuts. And when I first set out to do it, I thought maybe I would have five. I was actually amazed that I was able to come up with 10 of them. So we're definitely seeing a growth. I think there's still more need for it. I 
think also we need to see better sprouted foods in certain categories like sprouted legumes, also sprouted grains, because a problem I find with a lot of these sprouted breads, as they're so-called, is yes, they use sprouted grains in them, but they still have a lot of additives in their ingredients that essentially, like we're talking about earlier, it makes them not superfoods because a lot of these sprouted breads, they add in gluten, which is not good for the bread. And they may even have a couple ingredients that aren't truly sprouted grains. Yeah. And also the gum, they use a lot of gum, which is very, very toxic for the nervous system. Quagger gum and all those. I see in a lot of these so-called superfood sprouted bread, they use a lot of non-superfood ingredients in them. And still they call them superfood. And they're sprouted, like you're saying, they're sprouted grains, but they're very, very difficult for compromised nervous system and a compromised gut. They are. And Sally Fallon, in fact, spoke about this at a Wise Traditions conference several years ago, but be on the lookout for these sprouted breads because of the ingredients they have. She specifically brought up the issue of how they add in gluten. Gluten is not bad if you can handle it in its natural form, but adding it in that's a denatured food. And she thought that perhaps that's a reason why so many people have gluten intolerances because they add in gluten. It's not just the gluten that comes in the wheat. Yes, I agree with you. But then also what happened, we genetically modified the weed, the traditional weed. And because of that, the gluten content went up like 14 times. So the traditional wheat, which was tall and it would take longer before being harvested, it didn't have that much gluten. Part of the problem also is gluten intolerance is because they use glyphosate to very quickly dry these weeds because they want to quickly use them in their product. So also glyphosate is, we talked about prebiotics, this is a natural killer for our probiotics, for our good bacteria in our gut. So these are all reasons that there is a lot of gluten intolerance in the population. Right. I would say it's hard to track it down to one reason. It's all of those. It's adding extra gluten in. It's the glyphosate it's spread with. It's the crossbreeding and cross-pollinating to make new types of grains. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's been a rediscovery of things like einkorn, which is the original wheat grain. Yes, absolutely. And also, let's not forget eating wheat unfermented because really for the longest time, wheat was always fermented. Baker's yeast is a denatured food and a pretty recent tradition that takes away the benefits of it. So I would say that I would like to see not just more sprouted wheat products, but I'd also say sprouted wheat sourdoughs. Yeah, the real sourdoughs, right? Not the fast process one. Right. Because sourdough, it's certainly become a trendy thing, especially all those people who made sourdough during the pandemic. And yes, a lot of times sourdoughs, they take some shortcuts, they add in some yeast. So right, the traditionally long fermented sourdough is what we need. Yes, exactly. And the uncorn wheat is definitely a better route to go than just the conventional ones even the organic one. Yes, and we really still need to see more einkorn flowers on the market. I know Jovial has 
a wonderful einkorn flour they sell, and also yeah, totally. their crackers, which I just talked about in an article. They make crackers out of their einkorn flour. So there's certainly one yeah. product you can find. Yeah, I use Jovial a lot. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, I love them. I mean, they're good for so many things because they make flowers, but with their whole Italian food focus, they also have great diced tomatoes in there because for so long, diced tomatoes always came in these aluminum cans, which were lined with BPA. And yeah. Jovial had the great idea, we're going to put it in glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I find that most of my fellow West May Price friends, we all use Jovial when we go with diced tomatoes. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I learned about West May Price Foundation, its dietary recommendations feel so right to me. When I was a child and I was looking at my grandmother, the way that she was cooking, it's exactly Western A. Price Foundation. And she didn't have any education, any background in food, none of those. So to me, it, it's so close to my heart because I've seen my grandmother and they would never run to the medicine cabinet when you got sick. I remember I had an earache and she got garlic and heated up the garlic and put it in my ear canal. And I immediately felt calm. It was amazing. It was amazing. So the Western A. Price Dietary Recommendation is really what is natural for me. And we did this before, but now I'm more in tune and I dug in and I know more about it. But it was very natural to me to just switch to completely doing Western A. Price Foundation Dietary Recommendation. Well, that's wonderful that you were raised on all this because a lot of people, they grow up just on the whole standard American diet with uh, denatured foods. Uh For me, another thing that I like about Western Price is there's no food that they really say you can't have. You just have to have it traditionally prepared. And that's important for me because a lot of other diets, I think, are exclusionary. Yeah, I totally agree. And unfortunately, then becomes a fad, some of these diets. And then it becomes a marketplace for a lot of these opportunistic companies to bring these fad diets and the products to the market that is very inflammatory. And one of them is the keto diet that I work with this functional medicine doctor that she keeps asking me. A lot of my patients, they're looking for keto-friendly product. Can you make one? And I said, no. Because all of these alcohol sugar, our gut cannot tolerate them. We don't have an enzyme to digest them. So then these are harsh on the gastrointestinal system. And you start developing digestive issues with them. So I'm not making them. (laughs) Yes, that's a major thing I've noticed with all these keto marketed products is so many of them have these sugar alcohols, erythritol and xylitol, which... Those are not real foods. Those are not superfoods. Those are chemically made foods. And there are so many great natural sweeteners. Western Price was certainly what taught me about all of these. Never really occurred to me things like honey and maple syrup are great natural sweeteners. Mm -hmm. I know another one which this has some debate among natural sweeteners is stevia. Because I know that some say if done right, it's a true natural sweetener. Others say Mm -hmm. it's about the same as those sugar alcohols, what's your take on that? Okay, so stevia, if it's true stevia, I have no problem. It's coming from the leaves of stevia, I have no problem. The problem is, again, because of the way that is prepared, the way that is extracted. A lot of times they actually add 
alcohol sugar to it to make the aftertaste go away and to make it sweeter. That's what I have problem with. But if it's coming from the actual leaf, I have no problem with it. Like most of the things we've discussed, you're not going to get any disagreement from me over that. I do see a lot of times stevia lumped in with erythritol and xylitol. And it's like you said, it's very much, they confuse the two because a lot of times you do see stevia products that have those sugar alcohols mixed into them. But like you said, stevia leaf, it's a natural sweetener, just like honey or maple syrup or coconut sugar, date sugar. Yeah, but the stevia out there in the market, you have to read the labels carefully because almost always they are with some sort of alcohol sugar in them. Right. You have to be very careful with what you're buying when it says stevia on it and with the stevia mix if you're looking at yeah. making something yourself. Yeah. So we've talked about the spreads which Love Maman has on the market. Is there any plans for future products we can expect from you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I am looking for a true, clean, keto-friendly product because you could be on keto diet, a good, clean keto diet, but you have to watch what you are buying, right? So, yes, I am planning on a keto-friendly product. So this will be sprouted. I'm going to start with this raw sprouted pistachios, and I'm going to add chili, lime, spice, and these are shelled pistachios. So this is going to be kind of like savory. It will satisfy the keto population. And it's a very clean and nutritious on the go snack. So you could just keep it in your cupboard. You could keep it in your drawer at work. And you just have a few of them and you're done. You're not hungry anymore. And it is keto friendly. And your product brings up what is actually the original meaning of keto. Because I think a lot is misunderstood of what the keto diet is. And we had a speaker at the Western Price Pasadena chapter a couple of years ago that explained about what keto really meant. Because I think now a lot of people associate keto as almost carnivore. But originally the idea of keto I heard was to incorporate more real fruits and vegetables into your diet. Yeah. The real keto doesn't allow a lot of fruits, but a lot of vegetables. And you are right, original keto before it became incorporated into the marketing way of selling these products was a lot of carnivore type of diet, a lot of vegetables, very little fruits, maybe berries and some berries, not all of them, and no grains. And it was supposed to be no inflammatory food. But it's not like that anymore. So keto products out there, most of them are highly inflammatory. That's the problem with the keto diet these days. Keto is certainly, as we're talking about marketing, that's another big marketing play. We see so many keto things. We don't see a lot of paleo anymore. Keto's kind of surpassed it. And a lot of the things I see yeah. marketed as keto, they're very highly processed. There's a lot of ingredients listed in a lot of these. And It very much goes away from the original meaning of incorporating more real vegetables into your diet because how many steps does it take to make some of these keto products that you see? Yeah, I have students, they tell me they're on keto diet. They don't eat even one single portion of vegetables. They don't. I have students that are vegan and same thing. They don't eat vegetables. And I'm like, what kind of vegan person doesn't eat vegetables. They are vegan, but no vegetables. 
They're keto, but no vegetables. It's important that you do these diets right, because a lot of people for keto, it simply means not eating any grains or sugars. I know another thing with people that I yeah. know do keto right is they say there actually is a big importance for keto that you do incorporate organic foods and pastured meats into the diet. Yes, you're absolutely right. However, a lot of keto products out there are not organic and they basically defeats the purpose. Why you go on this diet when you're not eating clean food, when you're not eating nutritious food? It's a major problem with that label and with so many labels because I've seen it with so many things, whether it's marketed as keto, paleo, gluten-free. A lot of these products yeah. aren't organic. And I think in some ways, I feel that the companies think that people won't catch on to that. They'll assume that if a product is marketed as something like gluten-free or keto, they'll think, well, if they're concerned about that, then they must be concerned about sustainability. And no, so often that's not no. the case. Very true. Yeah. And the gluten-free market has become, to me, it's a completely inflammatory products are coming out as a gluten-free product. And it's very concerning to me, especially this is marketed to children on the spectrum. And these children, we are not serving them well with bringing these products to the market and the parents thinking they're doing good to these children, but they're giving them all these inflammatory food that just causes more problems down the line. The most common ingredient I've seen in gluten-free products is tapioca starch. And I get why it's in there because it has the sticky substance that lacks in gluten-free products. And so it certainly helps things yeah. taste more like products with gluten in it. But as far as health, I don't know. It's a starch. Would you say that that's one of the problems with gluten-free products is the addition of tapioca starch? Yeah, absolutely. And tapioca starch is a huge molecule. These usually they have leaky guts, not only the children, anybody with gut issues, you have leaky guts. And these molecules, huge molecules passing through these enterocytes, these lining of the gut, these cells in the lining of the gut, it will become problem. It will become your immune system attached. It's not any better than the gluten, which is also another huge molecule. Like I said, we're not serving our children, feeding them these gluten-free diets. Yes, you're absolutely right. Before we wrap, is there anything else you'd like to let the listeners know about Love Maman Superfoods? Just want to say that, like I said, this is very close to my heart just because of my story and my journey with my children. I had really hard time when we started GAPS Diet, when I was so busy making all these nutritious foods for my family. I was looking for help out there in the market to buy products already made so I save less time in the kitchen and have more time with my family but I couldn't find anything out there in the market. So my hope is Love Maman can help other families who are in my situation the way that I was several years ago and can appreciate what I offer with a mother's love that I really want to help these families. And one other aspect of my brand and my company is to educate people. So I love for people to go to my YouTube videos and get educated, especially families with special needs children. I think I have a lot of information for them. Well, that brings me well into my final question, which is where can people go online, your website, your social media 
to learn more about Love Maman. Yeah, sure. So my website is lovemaman.com. So it's L-U-V-M-A-M-A-N.com. And then my Instagram handle is at lovemamansuperfood. Again, L-U-V-M-A-M-A-N, superfood. And I do post very often on my Instagram page also some educational clips. But if they're interested to know in length about everything that I post on Instagram, they can go to my YouTube. That's Nakisa Nuruzi, PhD. And that's my YouTube video. I have a lot of information about health in general, gut health, brain health, basically true health habits that we can adopt and have a longevity and vitality in our life. Because the whole idea of living long, I don't agree with. I think you want to have quality of life. You don't want to have quantity of life, right? So you want longevity. You just don't want a long life that you are suffering through. So true health habits can take you a long way. So if people are interested, definitely please check my Instagram, my YouTube videos. And if you are interested to learn more about my products, my website. Nikita, it's always a treat having you on the program. You have a beautiful story, which thank you lends well to people wanting to try your product. So thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I feel blessed. That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. New episodes of the show are released every Wednesday. Follow me on social media for more information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, Go subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore on your favorite podcast site or app. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find the recipes from the guests I interview, plus all my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed.